Off the ball. Cristiano Ronaldo was offered to numerous clubs in the summer and no deal could have been done. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Martin Lipton, good morning to you. Good morning, how are we? We're flying at him. We've, uh, like last Friday, Arsenal and Tottenham to talk about. And it does feel as if it'll be, uh, maybe, I don't know, a slightly different conversation to last week in that events have happened. And now we know a little bit more about both of them. Um, Arsenal beating uh, Bodo Glimt last night, three goals to nil. It feels, it felt like a result. Um, I mean, look at the were kinks in the performance, but it felt like a result and almost including last weekend, that you're coming to expect from this Arsenal group now? They're playing really well. As I said last week, they're in the standout team in the league this season, and uh, they've got a further chance to reinforce that uh, on, on Sunday. And if they do, I don't, I don't think anyone can, can stop taking them seriously, as it were. You know, They'd have to be looked at as a, as a viable, uh, certainly as a top four certainty, I would say, and then maybe even if City were to slip, a potential ch- ch- champion. I think they're still unlikely to to win the league. I think City are going to win it quite comfortably. But Arsenal have been, as I said, the best team so far this season. They proved it. Um, they were infinitely better than Spurs, irrespective of whether or not it was a red card. I think it probably was. Um, last week, they're just better. But that doesn't mean anything in, in the greater scheme of things if they can't do it over the whole of the, the season. And the, the caveat that I, I brought in last week is still the same. We talked last week about how Arsenal would get on um, with an injured, with injured players and using their squad, and they didn't have to. They picked their first 11. Mm. Um, they were able to get everyone back. Let's add, and they looks like they have a full squad on, on Sunday. But it's a very long season, and I still only think they've got 14, 15 players. Mm. Fabio Vieira was the man that, that really stood out last night, Martin, and I know it was first goal for Arsenal, but um, even aside from the goal, the... the the setting up for the Rob Holding goal, the way he tucked the ball down and, and perfect whipped cross uh, for that second Arsenal goal, he has something, this fella. Well worth well worth the, whatever, 30, 35 million quid they've spent. He showed that with the goal he scored at Brentford, didn't he? I mean, he's a very talented young boy, but obviously uh, Arteta's not going to throw him into the, the mix of a Premier League game every week at the moment. He doesn't think that's right. He's going to look after him and nurture him. And again, that that's it. Build him up until he's ready to play on a more regular basis. But it certainly gives them... Uh, an extra string to the to the bow. There's there's no doubt about that, and I think they should be should be very pleased with uh, with his development. I think in two or three years we'll see the real player, and that will be something quite quite exciting for any Arsenal fan. Um, of that, I've, I've no doubt. It, like a rare start for for Eddie and in from the cold a little bit maybe, but pe- people almost forget. And I kind of only noticed this morning reading the back of the papers like. Uh, 12 goals in his last 15 starts for Arsenal and yet you look ahead to Sunday against Liverpool he will inevitably be sitting back on the back on the bench so must be frustrating for someone like Eddie Nketiah such a great talent and when he does start for Arsenal he's he's usually very good um, so it's, it's a tricky one for Mikel Arteta it, it is I mean he was out of contract it looked like he was going at the end of last season there was a bit of a U-turn to give him a new deal uh, I think he was prepared to move on at that point and it obviously hadn't happened but he's going to start knocking on the door and saying, go and give me a game if he's not playing. Um, and that's only natural and right. You know, you want to be playing football. He uh, he he will be able to say to Arteta, what more do you want from me? You ask me to score when I play, and I do. So so what else? But at the moment, obviously, he's got Gabriel Jesus. And I don't think anyone could argue that he doesn't deserve to start. And their formation has one striker. So it is, it is difficult for Nketiah to, to see him getting too much football in the in the short term. 
His little dribble, uh, Jesus, uh, along the end line for that goal was a thing of absolute beauty. It, uh, like some of the conversation you've just been having, the questions Shane's been asking over the last while, obviously we've moved way beyond any idea that uh, Mikel Arteta would be going anywhere anytime soon. Um, would you talk to us a little bit about him, Martin, and what, you know, it, I think the, the worst thing that's thrown at him is that he's pep light, which is, uh, I mean, strikes me as still, still a compliment. Well, I know that. Likely. I yeah. might like being anyone like, to be honest. It'd be quite nice because I'm <laughs> a bit heavy uh, at the moment. But no, I think, look, there's clear, it's clear that he worked with, with Guardiola and learned from Guardiola and brought in some of his some of his ways. I don't think he's a, a deliberate carbon copy in any way, shape or form, but they are two peas from a similar pod. Uh, and you can tell that in their, their attitude, uh, their thoughts about the, how the game should be played. I don't think he's quite as um, intense as, as Pep in terms of the training. And he's still very hard working, but it's not uh, as rigid as I think people would say Pep is. Um, but the, he's certainly uh, reaping the benefits now of all the hard work he put in over the last couple of years and also moulding a squad that's very much his squad as opposed to the one he inherited. He's, he's a bit more ruthless now as well, Martin uh, Arteta. I, I feel like he's... Um, do you know, like last night, I know it's only Bodo Glimt, but... Uh, you know, when when you have the lead in, in the Europa League game, uh, and then he brings on Jesus, Saka, Odegaard, White, like he's really standing on the neck of of some of the smaller teams, and it's that intensity that that he's bringing. And he he clearly isn't isn't willing to to let up and and just bring on the young guns and and let games peter out. He he really wants to to put on a show for the Arsenal fans at the minute. Yeah, I'm, I, I do wonder whether that was in the long term the smart move, and that's not been a criticism other than. There's so many games to play. They're playing, Arsenal playing nine games this month. Um, they're going to another couple, two or three before the uh, before the World Cup break. And then they're going to have to play 24 league games plus uh, domestic and European Cups. We could be looking at 40 games after Christmas. And you can't keep on pushing players through. There's a, a genuine fear amongst uh, at the top of the, the PFA in this country that there's going to be a, an epidemic of injuries mm. uh, because players are over, going to be overplayed this season. Uh, I would if I'm two or two new up at home, and I'm Gabriel Jesus. I'm thinking, I, I wouldn't mind having just sitting here for a bit. We've got Liverpool on Sunday. Hmm. I don't need half a half hour run out. But maybe at the moment, because everyone's feeling so positive, they just want to play. They want to be part of it. Um, and he and he's uh, working on that basis. I just wonder if come an injury crisis, which which could happen, they might escape it. They might get go through the entire season without any injuries. If they do start picking up stress and strain injuries because of, you know, just wear and tear, things like that might be complicit in that. Yeah, it's been a while since we've previewed Arsenal Liverpool and uh, f- felt that maybe, you know, this could be could be Arsenal's time. But it does feel as if, given form lines coming into the game, the fact that it's obviously a home game for Arsenal, that, uh, I mean, I don't know what the odds say, but they must be slight favourites. I would say so. I'd say 55-45, maybe 60-40. I mean, you, Liverpool aren't in great nick and they played better, I thought, in midweek against Rangers, but they were against a fairly ordinary Rangers side. They are a, a long way away from their best and that means there's a vulnerability which Liverpool, which Arsenal can exploit, particularly knowing that, as you do, that Arsenal are going to try to get on the ball and force the pace of the game and, and ask those questions that we know at the back Liverpool don't like answering. And that's going to be the critical thing. In, in previous games, even over recent seasons, Arsenal have huffed and puffed and they've, they've run out of wind pretty early and Liverpool picked them off quite comfortably. Now, I don't think that will happen uh, this time. It may, of course, but I don't think it will. 
Uh, and Liverpool, were they to lose, with City presumably beating Southampton, I think they're playing, that gap becomes huge, doesn't it? It's big enough as it is now, but that you, you would find struggle to find a, a way of justifying an argument that Liverpool can make it up. And again, the, the mentality of Liverpool then changes completely because they're not playing for the title anymore. Mm. The longer the longer it goes on, Martin, with Arsenal um, staying around about the top of the Premier League table, like, do you get the feeling that the the Europa League will take on less significance for them as 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 the league takes on more significance, or if they keep the results going, or or is the Europa League a, a serious shot at a trophy for Mikel Arteta? Uh, if I, if they're not the favourites to win that trophy, I don't know who is because they're the, they're definitely the best team and current form in that competition. Uh, and that would be a, in itself a vindication because also it's the it, just in case they blow up in the in the in the league. I'm not saying they will, by the way, but just in case you win the Europa League, you're in the Champions League next season anyhow. Mm. You you know the 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 the, the, to, the trophy itself is actually worth less than the prize would be uh, that it, it leads to in many ways. Uh, the only thing you don't get is a share of the market pool, but other than that, you get all the all the Champions League money and. Were I Arsenal, I, I don't see any reason why I would not m- want that to be an ambition whilst going for for other things domestically as well. Uh, there was the very sad news from Tottenham yesterday of the passing of, at the age of just 61, their fitness coach, Jean-Pierre Ventrone, and uh, lots of lovely tributes paid to him. Um, Harry Kane, Son, Dyer, there was a lot of players that were out. Uh, he seems like to have been held in a huge amount of affection, which must have been quite the talent, given that he was the guy responsible for um, you know the famous putting them through their paces uh, pre-season uh, uh, piece. He must have been uh, quite the presence around the place, Martin. Uh, what I'm told, yeah, there was an awful lot of respect for him. Yeah, he was a, a, a rather hard taskmaster in pre-season in particular. Uh, he literally made them sick. Um, but I think they recognised that he was doing it for a greater purpose. And they, I think as a, on a human level, it appears he was a really... And I, I, I've not met him, I don't know. It appears he was a really uh, decent fellow. They all seem to have huge respect and regard for him. And this would have been a, a huge and, and devastating blow to the club, one that will have rocked the club mm. uh, over the last 24 hours or so. I mean, the fact that they cancelled the press conference yesterday with um, uh, with Conte was no mm. surprise. I thought that was going to happen because obviously he's one of his closer uh, ac- acolytes, uh, and it will be a a, a a blow. But they're professional footballers, and they'll they'll talk about winning the game in his memory. I assume against. Uh, against Brighton and that will be the aim and then they can dedicate it to to him and I know that's a trite thing uh, because nothing can compare to the loss of a uh, uh, of someone in, in these circumstances but that's the nature of professional sport isn't it you look for often look for a galvanising cause we, when we had you on last week, we were talking about there was a, a headline at the back of your own paper in the Sun about Conte putting pen to paper, and you know you were saying, look, this is a good situation for everybody. But I mean, like you take the results of the last week and you pair them with the, obviously the sporting result last month. I know the Leicester uh, result is there is a bit of a. I mean, it looks in the context of everything else to be almost a bit of an outlier, maybe not a great reflection on Leicester more than anything else. But again, another blank during the week. You, the the result obviously from um, Saturday lunchtime against Arsenal, which will have bitten deep for for Spurs fans. Um, and you know they have, they have uh, Brighton this weekend, and like they're flying it. So you know, uh, uh, what's the result there? Like maybe a draw is a good result. They have uh, Frankfurt again, obviously next week. They have Everton. They have United to come. So a couple of sticky patches there. We could be talking over the next couple of weeks about a very different conversation about this uh, Tottenham team and maybe about Conte. No, no, don't think so. Uh, 
there's no question that, that the club want Conte to stay long term. Uh, they've had they haven't played well this season, but they still look at the table. They're third in the league. They've lost two matches in all competitions. I think that most of them will take that. Uh, look where they were last season—a total and utter mess. They're not that now. They're actually missing Kulusevski more than I think people anticipated, mm. uh, since he—he's uh, uh, missed two games, and that's shown. He's, they lack that extra thrust. Son isn't playing very well, despite his hat trick. Uh, and I think there's a there's a call from fans to consider changing shape and going to a midfield uh, a three in the central midfield, which would include um, Bissouma playing, but. Whenever you don't win a match, fans get the hump at every club, even if it's a couple of, and two games. Oh dear! And then they win the next match, and people start to think, calm down. Mm. Um, I'm I'm fairly happy with where with where Tottenham are. I just wish they were playing a little bit better, but that happens in a season. And there's certainly no sense of panic or drift or inertia there. They just think it's part of the the ebb and flow of a season. The the uh, Matt Doherty question kind of. Uh, took a lot of headlines over here, uh, Martin, in, in uh, Ireland, understandably, when Antonio Conte brought him up in the, in the press conference, and just so I can quote him directly, he said, also, Doherty last season played every game. Now, I'm not seeing him in the right way to start the game. I'm not stupid. I don't want to lose. I tried to put the best team, to pick the best team. Now, maybe these comments are taken out of context. Maybe there's a, a minor language barrier, and he didn't say what he meant to say. But from, from one perspective, it seems like he was quite damning about Matt Doherty. Well, it looks like he hasn't recovered from the injury, doesn't it? Simple as that. He is the injury has taken its toll, and uh, that sometimes that can happen because he was playing really, really well until he got injured. Uh, but then he was out for quite a while, and you know, certain players take longer to return and recover from from such things than than others. Um, the other thing, what for all the stick that Emerson Royal gets, and he deserves to be sent off, he's actually been pretty consistent this season and much better than last season. So you've got Royal, who's played relatively well and is fit, versus Doherty, who's, who he trusts as a player when he's right, but he doesn't think he's right, and Spence, who he doesn't quite think is ready yet. So you pick the one who's, who's, who's ready and available, except, of course, this weekend and the next two, Emerson Royal isn't available. So it'll have to be Doherty or Spence, and I suspect I would have thought it'd be Doherty. I mean, he could try and play... Um, Perisic on the right again that didn't work against Leicester so my my assumption would be that it would be Doherty and is your assumption or your expectation on uh, Saturday evening that that the goals started to come back that Tottenham get all this right again I mean who knows with Brighton at the minute but as I said they do they do look good um, but that the train gets back on track Uh, honestly I've no idea I mean I remember when they went down to Pochettino and got absolutely thumped 3-0 and it was basically the beginning of the end if not the middle of the end for Pochettino um other seasons, you know, last year they won two one away at Brighton or two nil away, and then lost one nil at home. Brighton are a good team, mm. and they cause problems for anyone. And it wouldn't shock me if they got a result uh, you know, as they did at Liverpool last week. Spurs just need a goal, I think, at the moment to, to get themselves going. Um, they, pl- I thought they were much better on uh, on Tuesday night than they were at Arsenal, despite not not scoring. I thought they they were four or five occasions when it just needed a touch in front of goal, and you know, with that quality of of striker they're going to score I mean they are still the third eye scorers in the league it's not as if they're falling apart mm. 
Really interested to, to listen to Peter Crouch talking about um, the Tottenham style of play under Conte in the last number of days, Martin, where he, he talked about the, the you know getting chances in the counter-attack, but he felt that they had maybe defended too deep. He'd like to see them be more expansive and progressive. I think he used the word aggressive as well. Like, What's your take on that? I know Conte is maybe not going to be uh, combing the papers, reading to what Peter Crouch thinks of his, his playing style, but I mean, Crouch compared it to the, the style that he had at, at Stoke when he was playing there. So is it a style of play that you think needs altered in any way? I don't think it really compares with the way Stoke played, I've got to be honest. <laughs> it's an interesting argument from Peter. Uh, I think the fans definitely would like that extra body in midfield. I think they feel that that's where there's a lack of intensity at times at the moment. And were that to happen and not work, then you look at it. But we know with Conti, he's going to play his way because his way has always been successful for him. Um, and relatively recently successful for him. Not as if he was only successful 15 years ago. We're talking about in the last four or five years. Chelsea played a relatively reactive way uh, and won the title comfortably in 16-17. In he knows what he wants to do and he'll keep doing it his way. And he trusts that the you know, at the end of last season, in fact this year, I think only City have got more points than Spurs. It's not as if they've been struggling all season. Oh mm. yeah, they've just had a little blip in the last week or so. Martin, thanks, William. Thanks, take care. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.